1: Big Show, Gordon Monson. Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. It's time to get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. It's no mystery. Utah is in an extreme drought. That is why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation smartly. Find out more at smartrain.net. Joining us now, of course, our good friend, longtime Jazz assistant coach. He's the one and only... Gordon Chiesa with us here on the Big Show. Coach, I hit the post right there. Did you notice that? Yes. Nailed it. it. Thank you. Radio FM DJ Jake is very proud of himself right now, Coach.
2: I appreciate your goodwill. (laughs) I love this tune. Uh, I love this song, right? Exactly. For the listeners right now, especially the younger people, this is by Redbone back in 1974, and it's still pretty hip.
1: You know, it made a comeback, Coach, with the... um, uh, the Galaxy, yeah, The Guardians of the Galaxy. It was so good. They I put know. it in that movie so well,
2: very much. And the way they did it during the uh, one scene, it was really spectacular.
1: Yeah, it was awesome. I thought of you when I saw that movie, Coach. I'm sorry yes. to hear that. You and I, you and I, bond over that tune, and that goes back. Oh, how long now, Coach? 15 years?
2: Oh, what? at least yeah, yeah. very much. So, yes, back in that. back in the old studio. Yep. So wait a
1: second.
3: You're thinking of Gordy as you're watching a sci-fi. Superhero no, that thing. was
1: like our theme song, Coach, and I. It was. Uh, it was what's uh, on tap for the week. What did we call that, Coach? Where you asked me about my weekend? And yeah, we did. The, the
2: segment was, "What is Jake doing this for this weekend?"
1: That's right. That's <laughs> right. The best, best segment in radio history, if I do say.
2: And remember, I said to Jake that a long time ago that he was going to marry a lawyer. Just yep. saying.
1: Yep, Coach absolutely said that. Just saying. Yep. And you know what Jake did over
3: this last weekend, Gordy? No, he, tell me. He uh, Nas, uh, his beautiful wife, took him. Up uh, for a little uh, getaway for his his, uh, 40th birthday. 4-0, Coach.
1: Well deserved. You look great. Oh, thanks, buddy. Well, hey, as always, Coach, thanks for jumping on the show. Uh, Let's start with the big news of the day. Dennis Lindsay is going to take an advisory role within the Jazz. Justin Zanuck will continue as GM, but a little bit of a, a, a change in the front office. Your thoughts?
2: Very much. Well, it's great for, for uh, Dennis right now to take a step back. Now, let's not forget, um, looking through the tea leaves, oh, by the way, he's only 52 years old. So he's an absolutely young person, both uh, business-wise and also in real life. So he has a lot more game in him. He said recently that he wants to spend more time with his family, and I'm sure that is absolutely accurate. But at age 52, I'm looking forward to see uh, after we, uh, he rests him um, what happens to the next part of his career arc. He did a great job with the Jazz. Just some quick arithmetic. He's uh, with the Jazz for nine years, 25 years in the NBA. And by the way, he was the guy that drafted Rudy Gobert at 27, and Donovan Mitchell at 13, and he signed uh, Quinn Snyder, who's been a terrific coach for the Jazz for the last seven years. So he has his mark on Jazz basketball. Very impressive.
3: So, Gordy, uh, with all your NBA experience, what do you make of uh, what's happening with the Jazz right now? Ryan Smith, is uh, he, he said after he uh, hired uh, uh, or uh, uh, sold part of the team to Dwayne Wade that it was just the beginning, and it looks like it is just the beginning. Uh, What do you make of his aggressive nature in trying to uh, build something even better?
2: I think it's great. Exactly. So he is the boss of the Jazz, owns the team, and he's going to try to develop a, a different, slightly, culture. Now, the culture is successful, but now if Jazz goes forward, they're going to try to get a lot more uh, just uh, um, players that, uh, the two-way players that can guard the ball and also shoot threes. So he's going to revamp, I'm assuming now the parts of the front office and get people in that those positions besides justin zanik we know did a good job general manager with the jazz when you're a jazz general manager like all people in the nba you have this awful thing of talking to the agents all day long so part of a general manager's responsibility is to talk to other executives about possible traits etc the business of basketball but you're talking to the agents now above that most times now there's a the president of, of basketball ops he runs the whole thing and he also has the final say most times in every basketball decision both personnel and as far as uh, with the organization and that's where it gets interesting because that was Dennis Lindsey's job who replaces him so we know about the rumors, the uh, Danny Ainge, et cetera, everyone else. And there's another person that you might, you might consider that's out there. He resigned about two weeks ago from the Miami Heat. He's a former NBA player, terrific. And he's, he has an analytic background, and he might be able to intersect the playing factor at a high level with the analytics. I just described Shane Battier.
1: Um, Coach, you, you, of course, when you are coaching here with the Jazz, you worked with uh, Scott Layden uh, as, uh, as he was the general manager and Kevin O'Connor. And in your roles in front offices in the different places that you've gone, you worked for a number of different uh, GMs and, and president of basketball operations types. Is there is there some connective tissue, Coach? Is there there's something that you've observed that makes the different uh, GMs you've worked for good at their jobs?
2: It's combining... What, in other words, all I know is what I see, not what I hear. So you've got to really disfranchise all the things about, about what people are telling you how good this guy is, and that you've got to visualize uh, the potential of a player or if he's underserved with, it, with a different team. So Jake, I've been saying this for decades, don't tell me when a guy's good after he's good. Tell me, tell me why he's going to be good before it happens. And that's when it separates everybody. so you've got it, so management is, um, is being articulate about a message, but also it's, most times it's instinctive. Jake, when I and Gordon, when I watch guys play, uh, I go more by my instincts with an element of analytics. Yes, the analytics are absolutely critical, but I can assure you, Jake, in tonight 's game, uh, Phoenix Suns versus LA. Clippers, both teams could tell us about a- analytics. Analytics are thrown out the door. It's mono a mono. If you get my drift, Jake and Gordon, in a playoff game. Yeah, the guy might go right 82% of the time. I get that. But often in a playoff game, Jake, the guy doesn't cooperate. He's going what? Left, back to right, back to left. And that's all part of it. So that gen- really sound general managers are able to draft players and select players within the, within the NBA that fit for your team and then fast track their development. It's absolutely a skill. Anybody can judge can judge if a guy can run and jump. The question is, does a guy can do that? Plus, can he? Does he play to win? And that's when it gets absolutely critical as far as who's viewing it.
3: Gordy, this is a, this is this topic is really interesting to me because, for instance, you can have a couple different people involved in a process at the top of a, a, a team. Who disagree. Smart people disagree all the time, right? Correct. And, and so it, it, it's interesting. Oh, for instance, and I don't know who wanted what this last year, so I'm just taking this off the top shelf and just sort of running with it. But the Jazz draft a big man in the first round this past draft. Well, when I'm looking at the Jazz, I'm thinking they need perimeter defense. They need wings And they drafted a big man. Now, I don't know whose decision that was, I don't know why they did that, but I can see why smart people sometimes are disagreed with by other smart people. Uh, Did you ever experience that, and and how do you best handle that?
2: Oh, absolutely. That's good. What you want to do is have people around you that give you a different viewpoint. And here's the reasons why, and you explained it, that I think that this guy, I always say that when I was director of pro personnel, what is a person's ceiling? In other words, we're taught in life to our children, our loved ones, never let anybody tell you about your ceiling. I get that. That's when you're able to use your brain all the time. But in basketball, besides your brain, it's a thing called what? Athleticism. So you might be the smartest player in the earth, but if you don't have a a certain level of uh, being uh, athleticism, you're not going to be able to compete at the top of the apex. So that's another part of it. Another part of it is that in basketball, just very similar to football and soccer, oh, by the way, there's a moving ball, there's a moving object. So the question is who can play with others within that? So how do you showcase your athleticism, your high skill level, and do it in a team concept? And that, when I view guys in management, and that's where it gets interesting. Where some people, uh, Gordon, in the in the meetings, quote in the war room, they just only go by knockout talent. This guy has enough talent to be able to play in the NBA. Other guys go the opposite, where they look at a player and they look. Way too many intangibles where, remember, most coaches, Jake, they fall in love with the 15th man on the roster. That's their favorite player, the 15th man, because you know why? He's so happy to be there. If the coach said run through the wall, literally this generation, they still might consider it. And the reason why, there's a high level of listability. With that said is that you've got to get players around you and people that in the workspace that give you a different viewpoint and then you decide as far as decision makers what your team needs to do so in in jazz basketball when i was there for 16 years we 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 often disagreed but we called um agree um disagree agree and then once you leave the building align
3: oh that's good yeah
2: disagree agree and once you leave the building we align so we, so we had it many, many a time. So example, the classic one back in 2005 and affected jazz basketball too well, but maybe even better in a different alternative. That's when some of us wanted Chris Paul in the 2005 draft. Some of us wanted uh, Darren Williams. And so there was that great debate internally, and the final thing was uh, that you had the Williams, who was an absolute an all-star and was a franchise-type player, and Chris Paul was, went to the went, went number four in the draft, and he's still playing tonight. So again, there's no right or wrong, but it has to, it has to be a consensus, but everybody can't uh, think the same. The last point is this, is that when you have a winning organization, whether it's the NFL or in the NBA, that... People think differently, but they have the same value system, and that's what makes it great.
3: I think there was a right or wrong on that line, on that one.
2: <laughs> no, you're no, you're exactly Chris Ball, right.
3: Chris come on, Chris Paul had to be the man, didn't he?
2: Well, that's, that's one viewpoint. Other one, Don Williams was an all-star as an all-NBA player, and him and Boozer and his sidekick, Memon Core, are, oh, by the way, back in 2007, after John and Call, and after uh, retooling for those two, uh, three years, that the Jazz went to the uh, conference finals in 06-07 with those young guys. Impressive.
1: Coach, I do want to ask you uh, about the playoffs going on now. And uh, if if you had a chance, I'm sure you did, had a chance to watch Game 4 between the Suns and the and the Clippers. Uh, the Suns shot 30, let's see, 36% from the field, and they were the winning team, 84, 84 to 80. But I guess uh, it's amazing what happens in the playoffs when desperation and energy ratchets up. Boy, the defense just hits an, a new level.
2: Oh, absolutely. And the reason why is because of... Schematically, they are abst- They're staying at home on the shooters, and there's a huge element of physicality. And so they, in NBA basketball, Jake, most points in the fourth quarter, just generally speaking in a playoff game, are scored below the foul line extended. I Meaning what? The middle game. Taking a ball to the basket, stick back layups, broken plays in the lane where the guy balls, the ball finds me, and I lay it up. And that's how you win these unbelievable gritty games. In playoff basketball, Gordon, there's no such thing as an ugly win. It might be ugly on TV, but to the ten players on the court and the management groups and the organizational uh, people, it's a great win despite being allegedly uh, ugly. Jake, in that game, let's allude to that, is that the Suns win the game shooting four for 20 from three, which shows you that it's so hard to score in a game, and that's why, that's why it's critical that you have um, – Offensive playmakers that can make uh, and creators that can make plays out of nothing. I just described uh, Chris Paul and Devin Booker now with his uh, face mask off his nose.
3: <laughs> you know, Gordy, I I know that uh, I know that it takes talent to win uh, championships, and it, uh, but I also think uh, luck plays a role as well. Have you or bad luck sometimes? Have you ever seen a play like the one that uh, uh, Trey Young tweaked his ankle on when he stepped on the ref's foot?
2: No, I, I've seen that, but never to that magnitude where it affected the outcome because he had it roll up to that point. He had it absolutely rolling in that game where he was making shots. It' had a hard time to guard him. And what Gordon listed, it's in case people missed it, on 1280 The Zone Radio, as far as Gordon's talking about, was uh, Trey Young in the in the was running, it was uh, on the sideline there, and he he accidentally uh, tripped on uh, Sean Wright's foot, the referee, and they had to go in the locker room, and so they put, they sat him out the rest of the third quarter. But in the fourth quarter, he gets back in the game. He shoots only one, he only scores three points, shoots one for four, and it did affect the outcome of the game. We know we will never know because he scored 35 points up to that, uh, up to that uh, moment, and he had it rolling.
3: And I understand the ref is standing behind him,
2: Yes, and all line. of a
3: sudden he, he made a sudden step back, him meaning Trey Young. And so I it was hard to blame the ref. I mean, I I how is he supposed to – maybe he should have backed off a little more. But uh, that was just uh, – I, I saw that, and I just thought, man, what are the odds of that?
2: Very, very, very low. And to add to that – so when Trey Young did that, I actually call negative step. We teach the players all the time that you're on the sideline, you never put your step back a step backwards because one, it's the sideline, and two, because the referee's foot. So he made a, uh, unfortunately a, a bad a bad decision with a negative step. Most times, when you're in the short corner three or on the sideline, with your your other foot, you're going to lead that foot in, whether to step into a shot or whether you're going to uh, go after a ball. But and that he 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 did a negative step, and that affected him and maybe the outcome of uh, that game, maybe the series. We'll see.
1: Coach, I understand you have a list for us today.
2: Yes, this list, uh, uh, Jake, is about um. Winning, yeah, winning in playoff games, and it sounds so trivial, but it's not. Do you realize this one, Jake and uh, Gordon? That um, Chris Paul, who we mentioned earlier, is one victory away from finally getting to the NBA Finals. After put a 16-year career, he's never been in the, in the finals, and I can assure you that what fun it is, and what intensity, and it's um, in Chris Paul's world. He's thinking about it between now and when it does. If it does happen. With that said. This is a a dozen players who have the most career playoff wins individually. They might have played for a few different franchises, but the top 12 all-times of players that have wins in the playoffs. Number 12, total wins. Byron Scott Lakers won 120 playoff games. Number 11, Magic Johnson the Lakers won 128. Number 10. Shaquille O'Neal of the Magic, Lakers, Heat, Suns, Cavs, and Celtics won 129 playoff games. Tied for eight with 135 playoff wins are Manu Ginobili of the Spurs and Kobe Bryant of the Lakers. Number seven, Scottie Pippen played for the Bulls, Rockets, and Trailblazers, had 136 playoff wins. Number six, the Frenchman... Tony Parker of the Spurs had 137 playoff wins. Number five all-time in wins, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar from the Bucks and Lakers had 154 playoff wins. Number four, Jake Interesting Gordon, this guy you never think about had 155 playoff wins. His nickname was Big Shot Rob. Robert Horry played for the Rockets, Lakers, and Spurs. Number three, all time from the Spurs with 157 playoff wins, Tim Duncan. Number two from the Lakers, Jazz, and the Thunder with 161 playoff wins, Derek Fisher. And number one, he still plays in the NBA. He plays on the Lakers. He got hurt, and during the playoffs, LeBron James with the Cavs, the Heat, and the Lakers. Has a, he's the a number one all-time in wins with 174 playoff wins in 266 overall games. Quickly, jazz basketball, John Stockton's number one as the all-time career playoff win leader with 89. Thus, that's my winning list.
1: How about that? Coach, we appreciate uh, your visit as always. Thank you very much.
2: Thanks, guys. Peace out. Stay well.
1: See you, Coach our friend Coach Gordon Chiesa, with us here on The Big Show. Good stuff. That was really interesting diving into, uh, you know, illustrating his point on front offices and those sorts of things, making critical decisions where he brought up that there was a divide between Chris Paul and uh, Darren Williams' opinions on which way they should go. But you never got that after the draft was made, right? You never never really heard about that, at least publicly.
3: Uh, well, I, I, I remember hearing about it. Publicly. Right. They didn't talk
1: about it publicly.
3: But, but that's uh, what he said. After they get a, out
1: of the after they get out of the facility.
3: Yeah, I got some I got one of the parties involved in that to sort of edge in a direction once, but uh, just edged. Didn't exactly And bark. There was a divide.
1: No, and, and, and like what's some, the detail? somebody went out.
3: I I, I see you're
1: not mind. gonna do it publicly for them.
3: Yeah, I I, I guess uh, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: There was a divide. Think of the two most powerful people involved in the jazz, other than ownership, and those two disagreed,
1: and one of them won out. And you never heard either of them talk about it. Nope. And they made the wrong decision, which you yourself yeah, have waffled on in print form. So don't what. You no. wrote yes, you did. You wrote I a did? column about oh, how you were wrong right. about Chris Paul and that
3: Darren Williams is the better player. Because I thought I thought Chris Paul was should have been the pick, and then when Darren Williams was playing the way he did, then I said, "Oops." And then, but I was wrong the second time. I was right the first time. Which
1: I I should not give you grief about because I can certainly appreciate somebody whose uh, opinion is evolvable. Is that even a word? <laughs> uh, given new information, and then in this case, new information again, but. I shouldn't well, use the word waffle because I actually don't think it's a bad thing that but, you your opinion is a free-flowing uh,
2: well,
3: idea. Okay. I mean, are you supposed to lock on to one thing and then stay by it
1: for the next yeah, 15 that's, years? that's what it? I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I appreciate you being uh, uh, willing to adjust your opinion based on new information. So but, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm not going to give you grief about it. Right.
3: That. The whole point is that really smart people can disagree. I mean, it's just— Just don't tell Gordon about it. It, it, It's part of it, and (laughs) it it happens. Not not
1: even a laugh there. What do you mean? I said, you can disagree. Just don't tell Gordon about it because he's going to wave it out on the radio in uh, 2021. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, maybe. I was careful. Yeah. But that was the whole point is, you know, when you leave the facility publicly, you don't. I think together. he should. I think he should
3: just keep firing just, away.
1: Just, just light fires. What
3: a dumb pick that was. I can't imagine what he was thinking. Yeah,
1: no, that's that's one way to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, stay tuned. Uh, we'll have more Big Show uh, coming up. In fact, our uh, our friend Ben Anderson is going to jump on with us coming up at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Patrick Kinahan, the one and only, will join us at 5. We'll have What's Going On. And uh, we're going to kind of split, split up what's going on today. Uh, at uh, 3.30, we'll do DJ and PK, what's going on. At 4.30, we'll do Hans and Scotty. Let's uh, get out to the zone phone. Joining us now from Premier Wave Therapy, she is Miranda. Miranda, thanks for jumping on with us. How are you? Good. How are you? We're doing great. <clears throat> Excuse me. I understand that you administer a lot of the treatments we're talking about today, so talk about your role.
4: Yes. All right. So I am one of the master estheticians here um, and laser technician. So I mainly do the um, ED side of things that operate the acoustic wave therapy machine.
1: Awesome. That's it is it, it, Talk about, I guess, your patients and uh, with the uh, uh, results that they get.
4: Yeah, sure. So um, everybody that I have treated so far has had great reviews. They said it's completely painless. Um, we do give you a before and after treatment kit, and so as long as you're keeping up on your homework and doing all of that, you have really great results. Typically, case takes about three or three to six treatments. Um,
1: that sounds like hardly any time them. at all, right? I mean, how often, how long does that take?
4: Um, we do about a treatment every week, and we can also do them two a week. The kind of quicker we keep them together, the better the results. Um, evolve and they do kind of evolve two weeks to two months afterwards also you continue to see results.
1: and a very simple non-invasive procedure right
4: yeah super simple no numbing anything like that required no downtime afterwards no pain whatsoever super piece of cake
1: all right so here's the number to call uh get in there and find out what they can do for me for you 385-360-WAVE-385- 360 Wave or get online premierwave.com. Hey, thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate it.
4: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: All right, that's Premier Wave Therapy, premierwave.com, or again, the number three eight five three six zero Wave. We will have more big show coming up next. A little What's Going On 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: You can't stop me now. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires. Tires. The team you trust. This is 97.5 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Network.
1: gordon monson jake scott 97.5 and 1280 the zone want to remind you about our friends at rough tough they set the industry standard for custom seat covers for cars trucks suvs and utvs get the best fit seat covers for the make model and year of your vehicle and do some business with the utah company since 1976 check them out today at RoughTuff.com. that's RoughTuff.com. you think about the drought much yeah because my lawn looks terrible yeah, it's it's, it's it's tricky business, man. Tough
3: stuff. Tough stuff. Rough stuff.
1: Yeah, my lawn looks rough. Yeah, I've decided I'm all right with it. Though. It should, though. That means adjust. you're doing it right. It, I look at my so, neighbor with his green lawn, I'm
3: like, you son of a. Okay, so a uh, question about that real quick. Is it <laughs> is it is it any different if you water for a shorter period of time three times a week or longer periods two times a week? I know this because I asked Scotty G. Uh-huh. recently and about what he this. Said. He said do it twice a week
1: for 30 to 40 minutes, and it encourages the roots to go deeper so that it will come back greener next year, and you'll be within the rules of
3: drought watering this what year. What if he did it, like, 15 minutes, three times a week? The roots won't go as deep. That's what Scotty said? Mm-hmm. All right.
0: Now, that's a pig farmer, not a grass farmer. <laughs>
1: And this
3: is yeah, but not, he's
0: good with the lawn, He is man. really he's, good.
1: And this is not your theory, obviously. I don't know. I, I really don't know. You don't know how you guys do
3: it? No. I'm, I'm a sucker for my, grass. I think my wife asked the uh, sprinkler guy. <laughs> the gardener, as it were?
1: No, she asked uh, a, a, well, I don't know. You have she, a sprinkler guy and a gardener? <laughs> and let me guess, there's not a brown spot on that lawn, is there? Uh, there, there might be. Uh, I I <laughs> That's a no?
3: I haven't looked lately. <laughs> <How>? <laughs> Look, I, that I...
1: something you notice? Well, hey, if I, he's I mean, not mowing it. Because let me tell you, I know it's my lawn in shame every time I pull up. <laughs> but you're mowing it. I, I'm, I'm mowing it, and I'm ashamed of it because it's in some rough shape. Gordon doesn't have that problem. Now, wear it with a badge of honor this summer. I, I suppose... But it's so bad. Yeah. I even checked because listen, I, I I dialed it back. I'm I'm a good citizen. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my thing. But I even checked every sprinkler because it's so brown. I thought oh, th- there must be no what none at all. Well, we're almost yeah. there. right going here going for the desert scape, are you? No,
3: I'm I, trying. I'm going for responsible citizen. I got uh, actually got a couple of uh, a couple of uh, shrubs that are turning brown because of lack of water. So really, have tried to cut back, you know. This, you know, this, this drought thing. We do live in the
1: desert. Hmm. I'm gonna roll by and see these shrubs you they are there. <laughs> you'll gonna see roll by TikTok it. and check it out. No, you'll—I'm you'll, gonna be—they're you'll there. I'm pretty determined not to be a neighbor shamer, <laughs> but I might have to make an exception for this one case. What's that website? Gonna, fame I'm, or shame? I'm or what? I'm gonna roll by and be like, "Look at this uh, <laughs> tropical rainforest no, up here." <laughs> you'll see. You'll see two brown, you know,
3: shrubs because they haven't gotten enough water. one oh, of them might be
1: dead. Oh. Say it ain't so. Yeah. Okay, what's going on? Should we do that? (laughs) that. Uh, DJ and PK had Eric Walden of The Trib on. And uh, let's hear what uh, Eric had to say about the recent jazz front office news.
5: Did your Sunday night get turned a little upside down real quickly?
6: Yeah, a little bit, you know. Here I was looking forward to a relatively quiet off season for, you know, a few days. And then, man, these jazz just won't let me have a night off, you know.
3: Yeah, just for
5: a few days, I understand what you're saying. So what was your initial reaction?
6: Not surprised. Um, you know, we've been kind of hearing some rumblings that uh, some some changes were potentially afoot in the, in the Jazz front office and um, that Dennis was, was going to be the odd man out, as it were. So, um, yeah, not surprised at all. Uh, I, I guess, you know, the timing took me back I wasn't expecting it to, to come out on a Sunday evening but um, yeah you know like like I said those of us who cover the team had been kind of hearing some rumblings and we've been trying to confirm them and haven't got there yet and so um, it, it, it seemed like after you know this elimination against the Clippers happened and, and kind of the, the bad feelings that took place after that that you know some level of change was inevitable and this was, uh, this was the, how it manifested itself. So
5: to draw a line from this to the big picture that Jazz fans really care about, how will this impact more playoff wins happening or not happening?
6: Well, so it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, I, I think I think this isn't the end. You know, I think there are more changes that are going to be coming uh, over the next few days. I think we're going to see some other shifts in the front office. Um, I do think that you know, there's been a lot of talk about okay, does Danny Ainge now come in? Does he take in? Does he take on a big role? I'm hearing that Justin Zanuck is unquestionably the guy who's going to run the show. And if Danny Ainge or, or anyone else come along, uh, they'll be answering to him. Um, I guess, you know, even even with him uh, having been in the jazz organization for a number of years now, you know, it, it, it was a situation where Dennis pretty much always had kind of final say on things. And, you know, they did. I, I was listening to you guys' interview Shane Young earlier, and, and to his point, you know, there is, while well, there is perception that it's, you know, that, that such front-off decisions are kind of unilaterally made by the guy in charge, and um, that's not the case. You know, it is always a team of guys, and the Jazz have had a very experienced team of guys. Um, you know, ultimately, if there's if there's disagreement or dissent, it comes down to one guy to pull the trigger on it, and that's been Dennis. And now we'll see that be Justin Zanuck, and, uh, you know, I expect he'll have really different philosophies on where to go personnel-wise than Dennis did.
2: So you'd have to think that with Jay-Z's experience that the franchise is in good hands as far as that goes when they start
5: making decisions. How much do you think that the new ownership is going to be involved? Because we saw a track record, particularly after Larry Miller passed, as what Gail Miller was going to do, and I guess support. Theoretically, anyway, that could change. There could be a change in philosophy there.
6: Yeah, I, I do think you know we'll see. You know, it's an interesting point, right? Like we, we someone asked Dennis about uh, the, the influence of Ryan Smith when the Jazz were doing kind of their day after exit interviews with the media. You know, and and he <laughs> uh, he, he spoke words that turned out to be kind of prophetic. You know. Um, he mentioned that, you know, regime change is part of the deal with the NBA and that as Ryan Smith got a little more comfortable and then acclimated to the situation that um, he would start to take the franchise in a direction that, that he saw fit. And yeah, you know, this is this is the first domino falling from that. Um, I do expect we're going to see some other changes coming into front office to that point. In terms of, you know, him dictating, like, Hey, I want this player. I want that player. I don't know that that will be the case. I think. I think his influence comes more in the fact of these are the people who I trust to kind of uh, be the decision makers and and to be the the voices who you know uh, are on that uh, committee of people making making those choices. So. Um, Yeah, I think that's where his real influence will come, you know, in terms of does he bring in Danny Ainge, does he bring in St. Battier, does he, you know, name personnel guy X, Y, or Z. I think that's where you're going to see Ryan Smith's influence uh, more come into play.
1: There you go. Eric Walden covers the Jazz for the Salt Lake Tribune. He was on with DJ and PK today. What do you think, Gordon? Yeah, I mean,
3: uh, I thought uh, Eric was all over it. Uh, I think there will be more changes. I think Ryan Smith is being very proactive. Uh, and each guy, it'll be interesting to see how he divvies up the roles. I think Justin Zanuck is a, a good choice to, uh, to lead the parade. And uh, we'll, we'll see. I agree with uh, Eric. I, I don't think any of us were really surprised. I mean, maybe you're surprised to actually see it happen. But we've been hearing stuff for a while. You know, there's stuff out there in the wind. And uh, let's see, what else did he say that uh, – I think that's about it. Yeah, I liked it.
1: Well, I'm certainly not surprised from an angle that uh, somebody who takes ownership and comes in wants to make some changes Mm -hmm. and wants to put their – impression on it because he probably uh, has thoughts and philosophies as you talked about earlier employed in his own life and his own professional life that he feels will be effective in the NBA and within a, an NBA franchise and he certainly is, uh, has credit when it or, you know uh, credibility when it comes to something like that and you know Dennis Lindsay and I, I guess let me put it this way like Dennis Lindsay moving into a consulting gig Seems like a pretty good way for Dennis Lindsay to stay involved in the franchise while the owner, at the same time, wants to go the different direction and, and and adequate to the respect that he deserves, regardless of the other stuff. Yeah, when you think about what happened with
3: Kevin O'Connor, he just sort of faded away, you know, uh, but still had some say. And uh, but uh, I, you know, Dennis being as young as he is, I, I really, to be completely honest, I wonder how that went down, because Dennis is still young. You know, it'd be one thing if he was 70 years old, but he's, he's young yet. So I, I don't know the, the mechanics of how it all happened. I do know that, uh, that obviously Ryan can, can make these decisions that he wants to make and have it run the way he wants to run it. It's only a bad decision if it's a dumb decision, <laughs> right? I mean, we'll see how it turns out but Ryan Smith wants this to be uh, fashioned after what he wants it to be and he as you mentioned he has been extremely successful and uh, very smart in the decisions he's made in building a, a what turned out to be an 8
1: billion dollar company more than that they just went public so yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 so it's pretty amazing but as we've seen in sports you know Building a, a tech empire and running a professional sports franchise are not uh, always, uh, you know, plenty of successful business people who have not been successful sports franchise owners. But well, so, it's
3: not, it's not what you know; it's what who you know and what they know. And I'm sure that he's getting
1: advice from people he trusts. You know, I would, yeah, yeah I know, and i I would assume that that is uh, that is what is happening as well. But I mean. That uh, wing nut in Sam, uh, in Sacramento was plenty successful in business, and he wants to play four on five and cherry pick the whole time. Well, so.
3: yeah, but Ryan Smith doesn't strike me as being that. I mean, he's
1: okay. That's why I said I believe what's going on now, but mm, let's not let's not make that direct comparison that no, success well, in that, business no, no. automatically applies I, to successful ownership.
3: That. Well, you got to make smart decisions, yeah. uh, whatever the uh, the realm is.
1: That that guy in Sacramento hired Vladdy Devox or the guys that owned the team before that guy. The oh, Maloof the, Brothers. The Maloof Brothers. Terrific businessmen. Horrible team owners. As it turns out, I don't know how terrific they were Well, that's actually, uh, <laughs> For yeah. a long time, they were successful. <laughs> yeah, didn't, that, that yeah. didn't work out so well, did it? So, well, I thought I had a fun fact. Mm-hmm. I did not. No. I did not.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate your honesty there.
1: <laughs> All right, stay tuned. It is uh, the big show. We'll have a uh, market update coming up right around the corner. Ben Anderson will be on with us at four. Uh, Patrick Cannon will join us at five. Uh, it is the big show 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Oh, hey guys, Jake here from my friends at Peach. Window and door. These people are amazing. We're so excited about them being on board with us here at the Zone Sports Network. They are passionate Utah jazz fans and have been Utah's premier window and door retailer, combining beauty and technology on windows and doors since 1993. They know what they are doing. In fact, they say it all the time around their showroom that if you can dream it, They can do it. And boy, can they. In fact, speaking of the showroom, it's right off 3rd West and 2940 South. Drop in and see for yourself their selection and their ability to customize really any project. You can check them out online at peachbuildingproducts.com. But uh, their whole philosophy is a great one. They're a a turnkey window and door company. They don't believe in high-pressure sales. Uh, They don't work with subcontractors. There's no ghosting. They'll take care of you when it comes to your windows and doors. Their crews install your windows and doors, and they back Come up with guarantees designed to bring peace of mind to satisfied customers. And listen, if you're working with Peach Window and Door, uh, you give them a call. They're going to answer. Their customer service is a big, big deal to them. They also uh, offer 0% interest financing while available. They also do free in-home estimates. So take advantage. Call now, 801-556-1255. That's 801-556-1255. Drop by their showroom, 2940 South 300 West, or check out their great website website peachbuildingproducts.com that's peachbuildingproducts.com
0: what do you want you're locked on to the big show presented by big o tires
2: just doing it big you know
0: stop by your locally owned big o tires for no credit needed financing big o tires the team you trust this is 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network
1: Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Time for a market update brought to you by TridayTrading.com. Now, anyone can be a day trader. Visit TridayTrading.com. Gordon, how'd the markets do today? Hang on one second. Let me put my headphones on.
3: Okay, this is what happened today, Jake. The NASDAQ had a fine day, was up 140 points. I'm porky pigging it, man. The Dow, however, was down 150
1: I just
5: thought I had a fun fact. I did not.
3: <laughs> the S&P, however, was
1: up nearly 10 points.
5: Gordon's Fun Facts. Fun Facts with Gordon.
1: Okay. A little good, bad, good there. That Porky Piggin' It one was pretty weird. Yes, it was. Hey, let the men celebrate how he celebrates. <laughs> NASDAQ was up. Porky Piggin' It was. Porky Piggin' It.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well hope everyone had a, had a good investment today.
1: You know, that'd be pretty tough to to pull off, given how much family is still living at your house to live that lifestyle. That is one way to get them to vacate the space. <laughs> yeah, though. that's a good point. <laughs> Never tried that, no. Maybe that's the way to go. Guess what, everyone? I've stopped wearing pants. <laughs> Got an announcement for everyone. Oh, that
3: would, uh, that would be uh, a source of humor in our household.
1: Yeah, but would it work? Mm, I'm guessing, yeah yeah, yeah.
3: yeah, it would yeah, work. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> that skin, it, it sticks to that vinyl when it gets wet. Oh, yeah, your spot, they'd never sit in your spot on the couch again, that's for sure. Oh, my couch isn't vinyl. Still, I don't think it matters, <laughs> the material, does it? You come I sit on know. my couch like that, near you bought it. There are some. There, <laughs> that's policy? <laughs>
3: that's a very strong point. Yes, yeah. Nobody wants to wants to sit there. Not anymore.
1: I do like how you took offense to the the vinyl. You're like vinyl, plush leather, please. It's like a baby's bottom. It's so soft. I don't really like plush
3: leather. I I like uh, sort of a leather that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of weathered.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Speaking of that, <laughs> let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now, our friend Dr. from Johnson, Johnson. Premier Wave Therapy is Dr. Johnson with us once again. Hello, Dr. Johnson.
5: Hey, how are you doing? How are you doing, Doc? Good. Doing well. Good. Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well here, yeah.
1: Yeah, hey, uh, hopefully you're helping a lot of our listeners, Doctor, with uh, a lot of really important stuff.
5: Yes, in fact, we're just talking about, about you and Gordon because we're you know excited to be doing the Johnson Johnson treatment. So. <laughs> That's
3: good. You know, I got to ask you, Doc, <laughs> on this. When your, when your patients come in, your customer, what clients, whatever you call them, when they come in and they get the treatment, I'm imagining that when they're walking out that door, they're feeling pretty excited about uh, the way this whole thing works out.
5: Yes, yes. In fact, our clients today were just telling us, one of our clients just tells us how excited he he just finished up his treatment protocol. and He says he feels energized to the point that he's going to lose some weight now because he's back in the business with his
1: <laughs> Yeah, wife. right. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. whatever it takes. Encourage yeah. a healthy lifestyle. I like it.
5: Yeah, so he's like, I'm back in business with my wife now and I want to lose some weight. So, you know, our treatments helped encourage him to promote a healthier lifestyle. So, mm. yeah.
1: And, of course, you guys there Premier put, uh, you know, you are a physician and, and put your own kind of unique uh, uh, take on the treatments and make them even more effective.
5: Yeah, so I've studied the anatomy and thought through all the, the process and what needs to be done and so i've developed our own protocols that are more effective because what people don't realize is not not everything that's visible needs to be is treated correctly there's a, more parts to the male organ than people realize and so the underparts that are under treated by others are treated by us which gives a better result
1: get that better result call today three eight five three six zero wave or get online at uh, premierwave.com right doctor
5: Yep, correct. That's exactly right. And come and get Gordon Monson's uh, namesake treatment, the Johnson Johnson treatment.
3: <laughs> Wait a minute, I. <laughs> you named I mean, the treatment. I did name, it. Did yeah, name it.
1: Yeah, I did. hey, it, 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 it fits. It works. I, <laughs> I guess. That's you can right, also. That's right. It you, does work. You that's can the also. Key. It works in parking Gordon spot at the very oh, same time Oh here we <laughs> go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I still
3: get that. <laughs> I know you do. Parking yeah.
1: stall lines
3: are merely suggestions. Thank you very much <laughs> Dr. Johnson. We appreciate you. <laughs> you guys. That's, right.
1: funny. that's funny. That number again 385360 wave or go to premierwave.com if, if you, you're not in on that joke when we were out there what a couple of months ago a month ago. Yeah. They're having their grand opening and they they, <laughs> they put my name on a parking, a parking spot.
3: spot. Spot and I had I mean I have a nice car. So folks who were coming up to the clinic were looking saying, Oh, is that where where I only have have one Porsche Porsche. usually parks when he comes
1: to the clinic. Well where you parked then. Yeah.
3: But the joke pronounced Porsche. Because the joke joke
1: is you you like good parking parking spots. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Parking stall lines are merely suggestions. They made it look like it was my Personal it was reserved spot. for I'm
1: you. Gordon <laughs> All it said was reserved for Gordon. Martin. Right up in front, right. right up in front of the clinic.
3: <laughs> you know, there
1: you go, everybody. Hilarious. That's great. Fun. Yeah. It's,
3: it's, look, if the treatments work, why why wouldn't somebody want to do that? Exactly. You know, if it's going to fix what. Isn't working properly.
1: Take advantage. Yeah. All right. Coming up next, Ben Anderson joins us from KSLSports.com. We'll get his thoughts on the latest uh, with the Utah Jazz. PK joins us at five. It's big show, ninety-seven and twelve eighty. The zone.